0: This is Fullness of Life, discussing topics important to your life of faith
1: and ways to grow in a life of grace. Join us each month as we inspire listeners to a deeper relationship with the Lord to live His fullness of life. Now, here's your host, Letty Medina.
0: Welcome, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life uh, and 88.5 FM WSFI Catholic Radio. And this month, I have the great honor of. Uh, interviewing my dear friend, Father John Cloat. Welcome, Father John.
1: Letty, it's so good to be with you again. So good to be with you again, and everybody in Chicago, even though I'm in Warm and sunny. Yeah, rub it in. Scottsdale, Arizona.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm I'm lucky. I'm right now sitting in his office here in Tempe, Arizona, which is a a real blessing. But the reason I came out here was um, just to get away and spend some time in prayer and then to do this radio show because Father John just completed uh, a film about the power of confession. And the, the title of the film is The Miracle Box. And what's, is there an under, a second title?
1: The Door to the Heart of God. That's The confessional, The Door to the Heart of God, yeah.
0: Beautiful. And so I've had the uh, the privilege of watching this film a couple of times, first with my family, and then second with a, a small discipleship group at my parish, mm-hmm. my pastor. And uh, we all were very deeply touched by the beauty of this film. And I certainly know that confession has played a huge part in my own spiritual journey of healing and growing closer to the Lord. And so I, I just want to want to say thank you. Thank you for putting this film together. Clearly, it was inspired by the Lord. Um, why don't we start by hearing a little bit of your background, Father John, so people understand how you came to be involved in making films?
1: Well, I went to journalism school to begin with, so that uh, broadcast journalism. Uh, When I was fairly young, I started working at NBC and did some work in uh, news in St. Louis uh, for the NBC affiliate there uh, for about five years. And that was a a fantastic experience. And it laid the groundwork for um, writing and telling stories, especially trying to do that in a truncated amount of time you know and learning about how audiences received information and how audiences uh reacted to images and and just real life storytelling using the media that was emerging um and, and 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 so i started doing that and then I began in my late 20s to have more of a conversion or reversion, I guess, back to the faith. And I took all of that knowledge and, uh, and, and I was doing corporate work then and more involved with um, being an executive in media, but still very much interested in the creative side of it and writing and producing. And um, so no matter what I was doing on the corporate side, And this was when I was working in advertising and doing corporate, um, promotion, corporate video, uh, for all different kinds of industry like healthcare or, um, sports or any kind of any, any place that would hire me really. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I was having this reversion in the background, kind of back to the faith. And I began to, um, start doing like one hour documentaries and, uh, those really just took off, and and I saw the interest when they were finished, and I said, well, I I, know I didn't need or want to keep the money, but I wanted to keep doing the stories, and so I formed a a nonprofit called the Mercy Foundation, and that little nonprofit ended up doing a bunch of different films on different saints, on different, you know, we did. Uh, uh, a documentary on the Eucharist. We did documentaries on Maria Goretti, St. Maria Goretti. Mm-hmm. At that time, the youngest canonized saint in the world. Tremendous story. Um, we did things, uh, projects on the, the Pope's visit to, his pastoral visit to the United States in 1999 in St. Louis. Um, so I, I did interviews with a lot of his friends growing up in Poland and just delving into these different um religious and faith themes really started to change me and feed me, uh, in ways that I perhaps didn't expect. And, uh, and God was speaking to me through that. And, and, uh, you know, in my twenties, I had visited a couple different dioceses. I was thinking about the priesthood. I wasn't sure, but I always went back at that time to just doing my work in television and film and, and eventually radio. And, uh, and then finally in my thirties, I ended up going to the Franciscans. And uh, after some discernment with them, knowing the friars and getting to know them and encountering the, the great shrines that they, they uh, staffed and ran around the world. And of course the story of Francis and Padre Pio and Claire and all the great Franciscan saints, um, I became a Franciscan priest and, uh, and, and friar and the 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 bug to create never really left me so um i've done a number of films quite a few but but the two that i've done lately is the one that you mentioned which is the 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 miracle box and then the one before that was on purgatory (laughs) so yes um which which now i look back and i'm thinking i must have been totally crazy trying to do a, a a one hour and 15 minute film on a place that is a state it's not it's not like a physical you know uh it's a condition it's a it's a purgation and uh so i relied a lot on i mean it's not like you can interview somebody that just got back from purgatory right (laughs) you you uh or somebody that once drove through there Right. right um but i i relied a lot on the 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 teachings obviously of the church yes the the great saints the mystics, and then there's tremendous artwork about the purifying flames of of purgatory, and how um, they, as Saint Catherine of Genoa said in her treatise from the 14th century, you know, they remove the rust of sin, and and so it's a beautiful, very consoling um, article of faith that we have, yes. that I think is often poorly understood yes. and poorly preached too. And so that was purgatory. And, and and then, you know, how do we avoid purgatory? As I've told people, watch the last film and you can avoid the film before that, which is purgatory. So that's go weird. to confession and avoid purgatory. Right? Oh,
0: that's so cute. Um, well, and I saw your film on purgatory and it was beautiful. And it is... Uh, a topic that is fraught with a lot of confusion and misunderstanding and doubt and so i thought you did a really nice job in presenting the church's teaching and some of the yeah the insights from the saints etc so i would encourage people if they haven't seen that film to go back and watch it but this film is about confession which is near and dear to my heart because mm-hmm. my conversion the listeners who have come to know me uh, know that my conversion came through medjugorje and medjugorje is often referred to as the confessional of the world uh, because at that site which again is not fully approved yet and we wait on the church's wisdom uh, about how that will play out but all i can tell you is that when i went there there were boxes of confessionals to listen to people in every Mm -hmm. language across the entire world it seemed um, and it was an inspiration to me. And I know that my father, who had been away from that practice for over 25, 30 years, went back to confession when he went to Medjugorje. So it's near and dear to my heart because it brought my father back to a state of grace and back to the to the sacramental life. Um, but I, I want to hear kind of how did you kind of come up with the idea that this was a film that you wanted to make?
1: I think even before I became ordained um i had a growing interest and a and a growing inspiration to talk about the um, sacrament of confession number one it's a sacrament it's a guaranteed encounter with jesus christ yeah. and it's fallen out of use and fallen out of favor uh, again hasn't been preached as much as it should it hasn't been uh, understood as it as it should. When we go to confession, we receive not only actual grace, which is transient. It's the grace you feel like, you know. I I haven't been to confession in confession a while. I go to confession and I've got that off my chest. I'm starting over. Our Lord is continually inviting me into uh, a life of of promise and hope and virtue and transformation, and that's the transient nature of it but there's also sanctifying grace that we receive every single time we receive this sacrament we are we are reconnected we're entering into once again the divine life especially if we're separated by mortal sin right. and so this 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 powerful transforming sacrament has a way to remove any darkness from our lives it uh it also removes any areas of life, perhaps where we've been wounded and where healing really needs needs to take place. And um the 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 inspiration came from it too when you hear when you hear uh exorcists talk about the power of confession and, and you've actually heard uh an anergoman, an someone that's possessed, uh, and the devil speaking through them about the power the power of the sacrament and how they're kind of mocking us because we have this this vehicle of grace that's right before our eyes that's within you know within our grasp and all it takes is us humility and faith and 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 i agree sometimes courage to go into the to what i call the miracle box in the film because um you know i tell i tell penitents when they come in God, God really forgave you before you put your, your, your hand on the doorknob of the confessional. Why? Because you're saying with your very body, by getting up, coming to, to the church and going, standing in line, I, I want God's grace. There's a desire there that's very tangible and you're expressing it in the very way with your own body. And so, um, most, I, I, I can't, in all my confessions I've heard, and I've heard a lot of confessions, I can never hear of somebody telling me ever in the confessional or after the confessional or anytime, you know, I'm really I really regret going to confession. <laughs> Nobody ever says that. Right. They, they just don't say that. And so what is it about this this um this beautiful sacrament that allows us to see things that we didn't see before, perhaps in ourselves or in the way that God is operating in our life. Um, what is it in this, this, this action of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, that allows us to begin to be healed, that drives out darkness, that um, brings in light and healing and illumination and grace and peace and all of these fruits of the Holy Spirit? W- what is it about this sacrament that does that? And so that's where I wanted to start with this idea with this film, but I also wanted to do it in a way that, that that it was practical. In other words, our generation could understand it. It would put meat on the bones of the theology. In other words, I wanted to talk to people who had experienced these encounters, who had these transforming moments where they walked out of that sacrament and they knew something very special had taken place. And, um, and so that's really what the film is about. I tried to keep it theologically um, sound in terms of, but it's not a, it's not a one-hour documentary on the, on the treaties of the, the sacramental system or anything like that. It is supported by the church's teaching and the magisterial teaching of the church, the Holy Gospel, uh, it's got the scriptural foundations in it uh, 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 professor Scott Hahn is in the film does a beautiful job of 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 walking us through what the sacrament offers us of from a theological perspective that it returns us to the divine life which we lose through through sin or we're separated it from 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 sin and so the the the, the gospel the cornerstone of the gospel is you know repent and believe in the gospel if we want to enter into the fruits of what Jesus did on the cross, we have to repent. We have to have a heart that says, "Lord, um, I'm not perfect lord i've I've done wrong. Um, here's the areas that I've done wrong. Uh, give me your grace, give me your mercy, show me the path to um, to spend eternity with you and that's what that's what but what it does is it starts here in, you know on earth. Today, we're celebrating the great Saint John of the Cross, Spanish mystic and poet, tremendous uh, doctor of the church, spiritual director of Saint Teresa of Avila, two great Carmelite reformers, both of those. And he he really understood the, the spiritual life. And we can learn a lot from the great saints. And a lot of the great saints have said tremendous things about this sacrament. The sacrament of confession is far greater than uh, a thousand exorcisms. Why? Exactly. Because it's your it's your free will that is going in and saying, "I've done wrong. I repent." With an exorcism, particularly the solemn rite of exorcism, uh, it's the church literally reaching in with the the authority and the and 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 what Christ has given the church in terms of its mission, its salvific mission, and its authority, and it and and it's saying. We are claiming this baptized soul back for Christ, and so it's a reaching out. Whereas confession, it's us reaching out to our Lord and saying, "Lord, I want to, um, I want to have that white baptismal robe again on myself. I want to start over. I want to be the prodigal son that starts again on the path home."
0: So beautiful. Um, a couple things before we go to break. Um, So yes, it's kind of been a forgotten sacrament in many ways, right? Where many, many people within the church no longer go to the sacrament on a regular basis. You already mentioned that it's not being preached about as often as maybe it needs to be. Uh, There's a lack of understanding, but there's a lot of fear. You mentioned that too. Um, So what would you say are the top reasons people kind of stay away from the sacrament?
1: Like so many things, fear and ignorance. Yeah. fear and ignorance um, they don't know what it can do for them they don't know what by not going they're doing to themselves in other words they're not allowing Christ to first lavish his mercy upon them but what they have to understand is once we go to confession we open up this great channel of grace where he, he lavishes all these other gifts upon us um, in the mystical body of Christ which was the papal encyclical you and I've talked about this that Pius twelfth wrote um he he kind of gave us a bullet point listing and and there's even more than this but he talked about how it decreased sin in one's life it corrected bad habits going to regular confession increasing self-knowledge it increases self-knowledge it purifies our conscience it strengthens our will um, we attain greater uh, self-control and we're just more submissive to the holy spirit it it, it, it clears out um, and unclogs our spiritual ears so that we can really listen to our Lord. And people have told me, well, I haven't been to confession in a long time, but um, I went once and then I, it was funny. Father, you know, three days later, I realized I had a bunch of other things I didn't say. And that's actually a, a very positive sign because what our Lord is just doing is he's, he's, he wants you to unload all of those things, um, give them, to him. Because when we go to confession, we're honoring Christ's redemptive work. We're saying, you died for me on the cross. I love you. I I cannot be grateful enough for what you did for me. And so I want to confess my sins because I want to honor the passion of our Lord. And, and, And the inverse is also true. We insult our Lord if we don't Accept this. You know, people have these powerful experiences in confession. They say, Father, you know, what do I do now? And I say, our Lord just wants you to do one thing. Just be grateful. Be grateful. He he came to liberate, to free, to heal, to restore. When we enter into that and have that recognition, it gives him it gives him tremendous joy because he sees from the cross the fruit of his sacrificial work.
0: How beautiful. Okay, it's time for a commercial break, but don't go away because when we come back, we're going to get into a few of the, at least the highlights of the film, some of the stories, uh, the witnesses, and uh, it's really worth uh, tuning back into. So this is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life. We'll be right back after the story break.
1: A prayer for deliverance with Father John Registown.
0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels. And we come against any influence of the occult of the new age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers and sisters of families. And we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices. and we invoke Mother Mary also in all the saints in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners and may they be broken in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit may he send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them and may our mother Mary place her mother the mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall Amen Welcome back, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life, and I'm here with Father John Clote, and we're talking about his recent film, The Miracle Box, which is all about confession. And we've just been talking a little bit about why he made this film. He felt uh, called to it, uh, based on a couple of different things, but one of them being that um, many people stay away from this great sacrament. Um, Why don't we get into just the real basics? What is the recommendation of the church regarding confession?
1: So the, the, the precept of the rule of the church is anybody over the age of, of reason, which is seven, um, you must go to confession at least once a year. And that's if you're aware of committing any mortal sin or uh, grave or serious sin. That's what mortal sin is. So, you know, you should go once a year. That's the precept of the church. What the great saints have proposed is that, um, go more frequently. Um, what I, I tell people at my parish, um, they, they, um, I, I have just beat this drum, but, uh, I feel like God's asking me to do it is, is pray daily, um, Eucharist weekly confession monthly. Beautiful. I mean, that's that if you're coming back to the church or even if you've been in the church for, you know, uh, and living your faith, um, that's a, that's a good treatment plan that for our spiritual ills. Um, We have a lot of people in this parish that go to to mass daily and there's, there's a reason they're doing that. They're, they're, they're getting something from that. They're not just punching their Holy card. Same thing with people that go to frequent confession. Um, We are all called to be saints. We are called to holiness, to sanctity and it's hard to do that. Um, we will never be able to do that on our own. We must reach out to our Lord. And our Lord governs how much we grow in holiness and sanctity, even when we want it. Many people, we had a, 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 a spiritual leader, okay? He was our superior as, as, as Franciscans. And he once said he saw some of the guys fasting. And doing all of these extreme penances, and they've been in like three months, you know. And there's a thing called immature zeal. And one of the things he said is, You're you know, don't die to yourself too fast. And what we recognize when we get a taste of the holiness of God, of the sweetness of God, of the goodness of God, of the mercy of God, we just wanna we just want all of it that we can take. And so when we run headlong into our sinfulness into our brokenness into our vulnerability into our um, the darkness in our hearts we just don't want to look at that we just don't want anything to do with that we want to be saints and we want to be we want it microwaved we want it now right that's not how the spiritual life works our Lord brings us along at his pace. What you see with many of the saints, great saints, who went through this purgative stage, and then the illumination, and then finally union, which are the three kind of basic concrete steps of the spiritual life, purgative, illumination, and then union, um, is the the purgative stage is the most painful. Um, none of us like pain. So we think, let's just skip right to the union part, because that, that's, that's, that's more my style. But that's just pride speaking. So the purgative stage is utterly, completely necessary. And it's a gem in the spiritual life if we understand. And that's why if I have somebody come in that really is beating themselves up, you know, I I ask them, you know, don't deny yourself this gift that God's trying to give you of seeing yourself for who you truly are. That's called humility. And what is humility? But truth. Truth. He's grounding us in the truth, even about ourselves. And then if we're going to be a witness to the gospel, we have that as a foundational understanding of not only other people, but we have it of ourselves, which is which is really more important. We're responsible for ourselves, for our actions, for our choices. And so it's really important that if God is going to... Um, require things of us that we do we make choices in truth and so that's what humility is so that's one of the things that confession does is it 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 if you have to come back to to confess to a priest for example father i did it again you know fill in the blank whatever it is right you start to realize oh i i am just i'm just totally dependent on whatever god's going to give me in this area and you're right now are we supposed to avoid serious sin, the near occasion of sin, have custody of our eyes and our appetites? Of course we are, but it, it is, it is all grace. It is all grace. And so once we realize that and we begin to trust the Lord in the movements of our heart and in the spiritual journey, um, he, he, he is in control and, and, and and has his hand on the throttle of how fast that goes or how slow that goes. But one thing we can be sure, and the great saints and our theology is rooted in this, is God is is doing this for a purpose, you know? He's doing it, he's the, the hammer blows that hit us in life are if we allow them to, creating a masterpiece. Mm. And we have to know that and believe it. God is God and I tell this people, God is not just merciful, God is good. And when we really believe how good he is, we begin to trust him and we even trust him. And most important time to trust him is when it's dark out and when it's confusing and when there's chaos and when we're everything in our body and our mind and our soul says, you know, jump ship, cling on to whatever power you can grab on on a temporal basis. You know, forget about this. God's going to save you. It's it's. It's our Lord, St. Faustina, John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa of Lisieux, um John uh, de Cassade, all the great saints talk about surrendering. And, and, you know, something beautiful happens when we surrender to our Lord and we start to realize, wow, I didn't have to put myself through all of that afterwards. I just needed to trust that he was... And people like that, frankly... They just have a lot less anxiety in their life, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, Saint Faustina was told by our Lord the two greatest obstacles to holiness are discouragement and exaggerated anxiety. Discouragement and exaggerated anxiety are the two greatest obstacles to the holy uh, to holiness. Why is that? It's because those two things attack trust. Mm -hmm. They attack our trust in him. If we're full of anxiety, if we're full of discouragement, which leads to to despair, we're not going to trust our Lord. So if if you're praying for trust and you end up feeling anxious or discouraged, you're in a good place. You're in a good place because whenever we pray for a virtue, we're usually tempted in the opposite vice, right? Yes. And so so our Lord has uh, a plan for each and every one of us. And all of our crosses are tailor-made for us, Amen. and and we shouldn't try to push them away because they're they're the vehicle of our salvation.
0: Mm, so beautiful. So so getting back to like the recommendation that you make to your parishioners once a month confession. I'm going to just uh, affirm that because when I had my conversion and I came back to the Lord and I started realizing my own call to a life of grace and to grow in, in, in holiness, hopefully, I, I came to understand that as I went to confession, my eyes were open more and more to the reality of my sinfulness, my uh, frequent temptations, uh, the things that I really had to surrender to him. And I've heard it over and over again with all of my friends that are on the same path with me, um, that they just are amazed as they go to that sacrament on a more regular basis that they had no idea that there was all this you know darkness that didn't they didn't recognize until they started partaking of that sacrament so that cannot be emphasized enough
1: what you're identifying is spiritual contrast as you come closer to perfect truth perfect holiness and that's what we do in this we're supposed to do at least in our in our path to god we start to see our imperfections more clearly so it's not that suddenly we're just trying to pick ourselves apart with oh i'm a bad person or i i did this or i'm an awful person it's those things are already there what what is happening is we're seeing the the beauty of god the perfection of god and we're seeing it in contrast to ourselves
0: yes we begin to appreciate the beauty of the sacrament and how much grace we receive every time we go back. And so it becomes part of the, the lifeblood of the journey because you know that without that extra grace from the Lord, we're going to continue to fall again and again and again.
1: Right. We talk about going once a month or at least frequently. You know, it's different for different people because different people have different struggles. And our Lord is well aware of that. Um, but I would encourage my brother priests too if you offer confession in your parish be generous be generous and god will be generous to you and your parish You're, you you were ordained a priest and uh and you have tremendous authority and power that is given to bring about healing and spiritual wellness and redemption in a soul and and you get to be a vehicle of our Lord in this in this work, and our Lord will not be. Um, he, his generosity knows no bounds to those that trust Him. And in, in our parish, we now have confession seven days a week.
0: That's and, amazing.
1: And and we don't just do it for ourselves. There's two priests at this parish that I'm at. Uh, we don't just do this for ourselves, but some of our brother priests only have one. There's only one priest and they they have maybe a school too. So they have tremendous responsibility and a workload. And, and if we can hear confessions seven days a week, it does give them, it helps to alleviate the pressure of them having to hear all the confessions of their folks. Exactly. The other thing is uh, when I say go to confession, go to confession. It doesn't matter what priest you go to. It doesn't matter where you receive that sacrament. Just go to confession. Many people don't want to come to our that are parishioners may not want to come to our parish, and that's perfectly fine. Father Peter and I could, you know, that doesn't concern us at all. We just want them to receive that sacrament so that they can have that encounter with Christ in the Eucharist when they come to communion and fully uh, reap the benefits of of our Lord present in the Blessed Sacrament. There's, you and I talked about uh, St. Jose Escriva and the the four C's of making a good confession. And I just, before we finish, I just want to make sure that I I share that. So um, the four C's of a a good confession, or, 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 or if you haven't been to confession in a while, concise, concrete, clear, and complete. So if you look at those four Cs—concise, concrete, clear, and complete. Uh, concise. What does that mean? Just you don't need to use many words. Just be be clear. Say with humility your sins and omissions without extending yourself. But you don't have to. You don't have to use too many words, right? So just a concise confession. Concrete. What does that mean? Without generalities. If you go in and say, "Father, I have sinned." Can I have my penance? You know, yeah. it's got to be obviously more than that. Okay. And that's not for the priest to have the details. It's for you to hear what you, it's, it's self-accusation so right. that you can say, when those temptations come up again, you can say, I, I know where this leads. I don't want to do this. So okay. be straightforward. Don't use generalities. Um, you declare, you indicate your situation, the time of your last confession, the difficulties of you know of of what what your state in life is uh, is, and and so just make it concrete. Um, you don't need to excuse your faults. Um and 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 then the third one, clear confession. So you just do it with with clarity, with transparency, um, so that the priest can understand you um you declare the the precise faults that you feel that you've um that that you're struggling with and um the fourth one completeness so a complete confession with integrity so without shame or without holding you know some sins back um because we don't want to look bad in front i can tell you don't worry about the priest the priest is the priest has already heard it all yep honestly i mean people really need to know that they that that what gives you know what makes a priest happy is father i haven't been to confession in 20 years we we're, we're doing somersaults when we hear that because why because we know we're witnessing god's grace pounding down the door and entering to the heart of one of his children Amen. in a very redemptive way so so that for us is beautiful complete confession so make it concise concrete clear and complete those are the four c's of uh Uh, confession is advised by jose maria escriva uh, a great saint so
0: beautiful 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 like one of the things that i think a lot of people miss is the fact that it is a healing sacrament the power of god's healing grace floods into your body into your soul and brings freedom and it can it can heal physically it can heal emotionally it can heal spiritually if people understood that it was better than going to, you know, uh, to to a doctor sometimes, right? To go into the divine physician who is Jesus Christ himself and allow him to bring some healing into your heart and soul. Um,
1: One of the people that are in the film is um, Daphne Gutierrez. And if I can just briefly tell her story, but basically she was a woman that had been away from the sacrament of confession for and church for more than 17 years. She had several children. Uh, she was married. Um, and she discovered early on that she had a, um, a debilitating eye situation. Uh, it's a very long medical term. But essentially what this eye condition does is you eventually go blind. Well, she was going blind in her early 30s. Mm-hmm. And she finally went blind. And it crushed her and she was angry at god she'd had other crosses in her in her life she'd lost a child she uh, had some domestic abuse issues uh with um a former partner and it was just she was broken and she 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 admitted she was broken and she it became very hardened and when she lost her eyesight it was kind of the last straw and not only that but she had three kids and then when they told her you're going to have to go into a nursing home because her, they they couldn't care for her at home anymore she was on the white cane i mean she was blind mm-hmm. i mean the, you see in the movie in the documentary you see the medical records i mean she was she was legally blind she had no vision it was black her sister with faith just all she was just armed with faith and she said daphne you just need to go back to church um so Daphne, in a moment of weakness, agreed to go back to to church. And they went to this church service and a Catholic church uh, in Phoenix. And the it was at St. Joseph's Maronite Church. And they had the, the relics of St. Charbel there that night. So people were there. There's like 300 people in the church. And uh, Daphne had never been in this church before. So she walks in arm in arm with her Her husband was there and her sister in law. And she walks in, and um, finally, her sister in law says, Daphne, they have confessions over there. You really need to go to confession. You should go to confession. Daphne, first thing, she says this in the movie, first thing she said is, I'm not going to confession. (laughs) You know, she's sitting there blind, asking God to help her. And the first thing she thinks is, I'm not going to confession. Yeah. Um, So, Maria, her sister-in-law, said, oh, you're going to be in charge? Okay. And she rips her arm away and she walks over. In this crowded church, she walks over and just stands in the corner. And Daphne has the realization that she's just, she's literally all around. She knows there's people around her. She doesn't know what she's going to run into, hit everything. She's got her white cane, but that's about, she just starts crying. She starts crying. So Maria sees her crying. Point taken. Maria walks back over. God bless Maria. I Uh haven't met her, but I'd like to. And she walks back over and she says, Daphne, she said, do you want to go to confession now? Daphne said, yeah, I'll go to confession. So she takes her over to the corner of the church where the confessionals are and Daphne goes in. Daphne comes back out and then um, Daphne says to Maria after her confession was done, she says, well, who, who was that that was in there with me? And her sister said, well, what do you mean? It was just the priest that was, she said, no, the the priest was there. I know that, but there was somebody else in there and they had their, their, they had their hand on my right shoulder. Oh my. And, and she said, well, um, she said, Daphne, I've been standing here the whole time. Nobody was in there with you. And then Daphne said, that's when everything got weird. (laughs) And that's how she described it. And that's what, I think that's why people really love her is because she's just very, um, She's just very easy to understand and she doesn't have a theology degree and she doesn't pretend like she does. And so she said it just got, and then she said she got very tired uh, and very grumpy and she wanted to go home. Yeah. So she told her husband. So they, She fell asleep right away around four o'clock the next morning. She's, her eyes are burning and she tells her husband, she's, you know, hitting him in the side of the ribs with her elbow saying my my eyes are burning and and he said no you're 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 dreaming go back to sleep and she's like no my eyes are really burning so um long story short she began to see like little little shafts of light that were coming into uh she said this is this is impossible and she told her husband this and he goes and 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 then she says in one of the sound bites that we use she goes she goes she goes, babe, babe. She goes, I see you. <laughs> it's just a beautiful, beautiful expression. And he's like, no, you don't. This is, this is all in your head. He's thinking this is all in her head. Right. And she admits at this point, okay, she was not seeing clearly at all. But she was something was happening and she recognized it. Right. Long story short, she went to the doctor. Within 48 hours, she had 20-20 vision. And I saw her about three months ago. Uh, I saw her in September. And she's got I mean, I wear trifocals. <laughs> this lady was blind and wears no 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 glasses, no contacts or anything. Praise God. Uh she has um beautiful brown eyes and um and she's just raising her kids and she's happy doing that Sounds and she's like- very grateful to God and she says, she says you have to Um, trust him and she says meaning god you have to let him in through your heart that's how he goes in he goes in through your heart and that's how he
0: went in with her amen that's a beautiful story it is time for a commercial break but don't go away we still have more to share about this beautiful film we'll be right back after this short break
1: Hello, I'm Father James Kubicki, the U.S. Director of the Apostleship of Prayer, and I ask you to support Catholic radio in your area because Catholic radio is the way that we can get the word out today. It's Catholic evangelization at its best, and I've heard conversion stories all over the place because of people who have tuned in as they're driving or in their homes listening to Catholic radio by accident and the Lord touching their hearts through the message they heard. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality.
0: Welcome back everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life and I'm here with Father John Clote and we have been talking about his new film, The Miracle Box, which is all about confession and the healing power of confession. And we were just sharing, he was just sharing one of the highlights of the film, which is a story about a woman who had gone blind um, and this was verified medically. And after uh, going to confession for the first time in over 17 years, she was miraculously healed physically and the doctors you know cannot explain it medically how that could happen because that does not happen in these cases no, and there were
1: three specialists brought in just that were specialists just for her type of condition and they said there's no no there first of all there's no reason that this could have happened or should have happened but there's also no precedent in the world of this ever happening with this condition and um it was very well and thoroughly investigated by the medical community and it's one of those cases where they just say well that's great but here's a big question mark we don't we don't know what happened yeah. well for somebody with faith it's very clear what happened because you know she said you know i was i was healed of my blindness physically but more importantly i was healed of my spiritual blindness
0: amen how beautiful mm-hmm. so so powerful you know one of the things i want to make sure we talk about before we finish this show is the importance of forgiveness because it's such a critical piece of healing that is often a, a, a roadblock for people to receive healing through the sacrament of confession even uh, if they're unable to forgive do you can you share a little bit just about that
1: Even as a priest, early on, I didn't realize what unforgiveness takes from us, Um, what a thief unforgiveness is. Um, When we are hurt and, and we are angry and we're frustrated and somebody has hurt us, we want to assign blame and judgment and we are owed a debt of judgment. And that's why people find it so hard because they're misunderstanding our Lord's request for forgiveness. They think, I believe this, so many people think for him to say, forgive, that he's saying, you know, your feelings aren't important. You just, you need to really worry about their feelings, their, how they feel about it. And, and that that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is is an act of the will. It's not feelings. Uh, Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Forgiveness is you saying, Lord, I'm owed this debt of justice. This person has really hurt me. But I wanna do as your disciple, as a follower of your gospel, I wanna do what you ask me to do. And what you ask me to do is to forgive those who hurt us, forgive our enemies, forgive, forgive those who persecute us. And since you are the perfect judge, I'm going to give you this debt of justice that I'm owed. And I'm just going to ask you to judge that person so that I can be freed and liberated from this heaviness in my heart. If you do that, I promise you, he will lift that from you. Now, sometimes the people that hurt us are the people that are closest to us. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to forgive. It's impossible. So... Here's the beautiful thing about forgiveness. Start where you're at. In other words, Lord, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. But if you give me the grace, I will forgive that person. So I'm asking now for the grace. And if you pray that prayer and you are serious about it and you're genuine and you're authentic, our Lord will give you that grace. And you may have to pray that more than a few times. But I promise you, he will give you that because he sees that this is an opening in your heart and he takes advantage of every opening to give us grace and sanctity and healing. When we are able to do that, when we're able to forgive somebody that's hurt us, the act of the will then becomes a feeling. And we're actually like, oh, God, this feels great. I'm glad I'm not thinking about this anymore. I'm glad that person's not renting you know, space, uh, rent free in my head, because I was so angry all the time at them. And then what happens is if you can say, Lord, I forgive that person, and I ask you to bless them. That's like, that's like the, 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 the cherry on top of the, the, the cake. And here's why. Because you're totally free then. Amen. You're totally free. And it really does make a difference because we can, gr- we can kind of grudgingly say I forgive somebody. But if you say, I want you to bless that person, it's like you're all in. You've invested in this whole forgiveness thing. It's about liberating yourself from that poison of unforgiveness, of bitterness, of lack of pardon. And the thing that I've noticed too, is when that really sets up shop and resides in your heart and anchors itself there, it's nasty and it's hard to get rid of. It doesn't mean it can't, but it does take longer. It takes longer. So what you realize when you go through this process is when you find yourself getting really mad at somebody, you're just nope, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forgive them. I'm gonna now this is not suggesting. If someone is abusive, that you stay in an abusive relationship. That is not what this is about. The other thing is reconciliation is a different thing. It only takes one person to forgive, it takes two to reconcile. Right. And that's really important because I think what a lot of people think is well, I gotta go have chicken and waffles with this person now because I because I forgave them. No, you don't. Right. Because they have to recognize that they too were part of, they were part and parcel to maybe the damage that was done, right? And so I would just leave people with this, you know, forgiveness is a gift you give yourself and you have no idea what graces you are holding back from yourself, receiving from our Lord, because you're holding on to that, 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 that unforgiveness. And yet it's perfectly understandable. That person hurt me.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and our Lord isn't saying, forget about it. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, just, he's saying, Give it to me. Amen. Give it to me. That's the important thing.
0: So beautiful. Well, that kind of leads into the next thing I'd like to talk about, which is forgiving yourself when you make serious mistakes. And one of the beautiful stories in your film is about a woman who made the mistake of having not one abortion, but three abortions.
1: There's a a woman in the, the film, and for a number of reasons and just her circumstances in life, um she she ended up having uh, three abortions as you mentioned and she found great healing and solace in the sacrament of confession and when you're dealing with something like abortion which is really a it's really a wound and we interviewed Vicky Thorne who's the founder of Project Rachel and um She said she has seen over and over and over again the healing that comes from women who in post abortive healing that have utilized this sacrament to be a means of growing in their faith and growing in grace. But more importantly, just trying to heal that wound, but also heal the wounds that led to that choice. Right. Right. What brought them to that? Our Lord will forgive any sin, but he can't forgive a sin that you don't ask forgiveness for. The other thing he can't forgive is a sin that he calls a sin, and we say, well, no, that's not a sin. I've decided that's not a sin, God. You know, Scott Hahn said something brilliant, I thought, and he said, look, God just calls sin that which diminishes us. God loves his children so much, and when he sees something that diminishes us, that's something that we need to take a look at and we need to root that out of our life with his, with his grace and with his help and with his strength. So many people try to walk through life by themselves and they really get into to, to difficult situations and, um, you know, even people of faith can do this. Mm-hmm. Well, they believe on God in the surface, but, but is the first person that you think of when you have a problem is is it to reach out to god you know is it or is it i'm going to do i love hearing this one i'm going to do everything i can and if nothing else works then i'll pray and it's like (laughs) no 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 no. you got it backwards god is with us already he's already accompanying us in this journey he wants us to recognize his presence with us um it it makes an enormous difference. Uh, every time I sit down in my office with someone, I I start with prayer and I say, "Lord, you said we're two or more gathered in your name, there you are present as well. I invite you into this this meeting. I invite you into this conversation. Bring about your your light, your your peace, your healing, your restoration and the fruitfulness of the spirit in this conversation." And then then and and I've noticed a big difference when I do that. When I was first ordained i kind of just rushed right in and said what can i do for you and it's not about what the priests can do for you it's what god can do through his ministers you know whether they're ordained or not what what as long as he is part of the, the mix we're in good shape
0: amen that's beautiful there's a couple things so we only have about four minutes before we bring this show to a close but there are a couple things i really want to pull out from this film one of them is the story about the man who struggled with addiction i think that today there are so many people struggling with addictions of all kinds and i think it's such a story of hope can you touch on that briefly
1: yeah we tell at the beginning of the film we tell the story of david abel who was a very successful um, entrepreneur and businessman and because of some things that happened to him as a young man he was sexually abused by a neighbor and and it, it spiraled as he grew older into addictions, uh, a, a number of addictions, pornography, gambling, sex, alcohol. And, and, and so those addictions in various forms really enslaved him yeah. for like 30 years. Yeah. And he finally uh, went to uh, confession and uh, he tells this beautiful story about what that confession did to him and it really was like a uh i mean he knew he had some issues and 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 he knew it was just affecting his life in a miserable way but he was i think out of shame out of fear out of ignorance out of manly pride all of those reasons he just didn't take advantage of it and so he's he's an enormous uh voice today for Men and for women, but particularly men who have struggled with any type of addiction to reach out for the doorknob to the confessional. That's why we call it the door to the heart of God, because we walk into that to that confessional. And, you know, back in the in the day, they called it the box, you know, and that's why we call it the miracle box, because our Lord told us, St. Faustina, the greatest miracles happen in the confessional.
0: Amen. That is so beautiful. I think, you know, as we bring this show to a close, I just want to, again, thank you for bringing this film forward. Um, To me, I have witnessed the power of it in my my own life, my family members' lives. I've seen it in my children, my husband, uh, dear friends. And I am a big proponent. I tell people all the time, go to confession, go to confession, go to confession, because I see the power of God's healing love working when they do that. Um, so thank you. How would our listeners get a hold of your film?
1: So there's a number of places that you can get the film. Um, before I tell them where they can get it uh, in DVD form, I'm working right now with a streaming service to to make it available to be streamed. Wonderful. Um, I, I, the, the details are still being worked out on that, so I don't want to say anything about it yet. But yes. I'll, I'll be letting you know, especially if, if this comes together before this airs. But basically, uh, Amazon, eBay uh marytown gift shop in in uh, chicago um leaflet uh online which is leaflet missile company the big distributor um and uh you can also call the pope leo the 13th institute they have it on their website so there's a number of them
0: thank you um i cannot believe we're already at our time to bring this show to a close i can't uh thank you enough again can you leave us with just a final blessing
1: In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all the gifts that you give us and all the blessings that you bestow upon us. We ask that we might embrace this beautiful gift of the sacrament of confession so that it might become a source of healing and grace and peace and restoration in all of our lives. And we especially pray for those that are listening that perhaps are more afraid of entering into that miracle box to encounter your love. We ask you now to anoint them, give them strength, give them your grace and confidence. We ask all of this in your holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Again, thank you, Father John, for sharing uh, this beautiful film with us. And this is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you all his fullness of life. Bye.
2: Save Regina, not Misericordiae, misery, Corrie, is a do espes, not a save. A te clamamos, exonus fili, a te suspiramos, gementes, e a in ac lacrimarum vale. Eia ergoth, ad bocata nostra, Ilus tuos misericordes oculos, Ad nos convete. Et Jesu, benedictum fructum betris tui nobis post hoc exilium ostente o clemens o pia o ducis virgo maria